Hello, welcome to episode five of Grief Bacon. It's been a while. Um, basically just, you know, summer happened. Summer trips, summer travel, summer stuff. Um, there was a trip to Austria, there was a trip to Portugal, there was a trip to Lake Como in Italy. Um, and uh, yeah, just a lot of being outdoors in water as God intended. Um, this episode you're about to listen to is a conversation I had with my brother. We weren't recording a podcast intentionally. We were just chatting, um, and I decided to record and I'm glad I did mostly because this is just a very, um, representative conversation. These are the types of conversations he and I have been having for years and, you know, we don't agree on everything. Um, but he is one of my favorite conversation partners. Um, because he's curious and because he's um, open-minded and because he's willing to have his mind changed about things. Um, Because of all of that, he's a really easy person to talk to. Um, So I hope you enjoy. Stay tuned for more new episodes coming soon. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or send an email or a voice memo if there's something you want to hear about. connection affects everything around you. So now your world becomes a better place and the experiences in your world and your perceptions and the people that surround your life all get raised. So if enough people do this, then things change everywhere. See what I'm saying? So the only, you can't fix things by, by, the only way to fix the world is to fix yourself. It's to fix the way you perceive it. To fix the way you interact in it. To fix the way you connect to it. That's what I think. I mean, I think like the change yourself, change the world is true. But it's fundamentally true. You can't argue with it. But I don't think it's the, like... Have I talked? Have we talked about social movement ecology? I don't know. My friend Paul Engler... And his brother wrote this really cool book called This is an Uprising. And they basically talk about, like, yeah, how social change happens. How real, how genuine social change happens. And, and they have this, um, yeah, Paul calls it social movement ecology. And basically it's that there are people who believe what you've just said, that the only way to change the world is to change yourself. And then there's people who believe that change comes from, like, putting pressure on existing structures and institutions so you know people like protest and things like that and then there are people who believe that the only way to change the world is to just opt out of systems and model a different way of being and Paul's theory is actually there's an ecology between those three things and and for actual change to happen all three of those things need to be happening at the same time but and that most people throughout their lives will go through phases where they are engaging in, in sometimes two of those things, sometimes one of those things, sometimes all three of those things at the same time, but most people will actually really only focus on one at a time. And, um, and I think what's important about that is, yes, we have to change ourselves if we want to change the world, but your capacity to change yourself within these existing structures is very different than someone, again, like, like I said about the video game, you're playing on the easiest level and, you know, 
this, you know, descendant of a native person who was ripped from their parents and is now living on a reservation and living with God knows what is playing on a different level. So yes, he can change himself and change his world, but what he has to endure on a day-to-day basis in order to have the capacity to focus on changing himself and connect to his spirit is very different than what you have to deal with. Yeah, he should actually have it easier. Why? Because of all the suppression and hate and and things he has to, the more he has to overcome. The less I, the less I have to overcome, the more I'm connected to this world that we've created. So I have more distractions. Those who are oppressed and don't get, don't get the privilege I get have an easier chance of connecting with themselves and changing themselves. Yeah, no, you're right, because discomfort is a great instigator of change. Yeah, I think that's what you're saying, yes. right? Yeah, like the more uncomfortable you are, the more motivated yeah. you are. No, it's just motivation, but more you're, you can, because you're not like, I have you're to not, overcome. You have to overcome I have to overcome all this programming and... and um, the world exists to keep you and sedated. Distractions. Yeah, yeah, and sedation I have. And they don't. They don't have all that. I mean, they have some. Obviously, we all have some in our head, our own beliefs. But they don't have, I mean, I'm so connected to this great system we created. I have to, I have a lot more to overcome. Yeah, well, you have to first see your privilege. And yeah, then I have to see my privilege. I have to realize all this fucking shit. Whereas they are so fucking suppressed and under their thumb, all they got to do is get out of it. Yes, but yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, and I think the reality is, though, that to have the time and the space to even think about your spiritual health is a huge privilege. Sure. And you're right. People who are comfortable are, might not even no ever, reason to change. would never even think about it. But what I mean is, if you are a person like you who could choose to just watch football on a Sunday and drink a few beers and shop at Walmart and just live your nice life. Uh, that wasn't about you shopping at Walmart. I just mean, you know, like live a life that's not about anything other than working and consuming and yeah. easy breezy. You you could do that and, and, and you would never have to face what a person who is, you know, who is... You know, but I, I think what I'm saying, though, is much deeper. Like, there, there is no other method except to change yourself. And you're not just changing... Because you're not changing yourself in this world. When you connect to all there is and realize everything's one, then everything in your world is now... You're, you're perceiving the best in everything. The people, the places, the cities. Everything that touches your life, you're seeing them at their best. So a lot of people don't see themselves at their best. So when you're changing the world around you by, because now instead of taking energy out of the system to exist, you're freely giving it. So now the, the power of the universe, because you're connected to it, comes through you and the earth is happy, so happy to have you as part of it that it allows you to boost this energy and, and then boost this level of understanding. So now that everything in your world is on a higher plane, so you're, you're not changing the world through a belief or a social structure. You're changing the world on an energetic level. I, I agree with you. I just think, I think it's that and. I think if everybody was doing that, everything else would take care of itself. Yeah. I agree. 
obviously. Yeah. And it wouldn't even take everybody. If just enough were doing it. No, that. it would just require take a small crit- amount. critical mass. Yeah. A small amount yeah. of people. Because you figure probably one person, complete, one Jesus Christ, let's say... Let's say a guy like Jesus was around and he could instant manifest and he was connected to the God source at the level, you know, that some people claim he was or whatever you view it to be. Let's say if there was 10 of those, I mean, that's more powerful than a freaking hurricane. Probably one of them is more powerful than a hurricane. And so you get that level of energy changing things. And I just think it would just be out of this freaking world. It wouldn't I, take anything else. I don't disagree with you. I think where my where my critique lies is that I think it's very easy for someone who believes what you're describing, and I believe it as well, to then absolve themselves of any responsibility to to speak out against well, atrocity. I agree. You shouldn't you shouldn't absolve yourself. You just should not be. Attacked. I think you you if you believe strongly, like you don't like this going on, and you you should keep that belief. You know, and to talk out against it. The difference is, the problem is, is when you get attached to the outcome of yeah, that yeah, belief, yeah. Yeah. then now you've just added to the problem. No, I think that is the problem right now so, with protest culture. This is an know. issue I have with liberal protest culture: is that it's actually an addiction to rage and anger, and it's, yeah. and it's not about you're just adding to the problem. Well, and they think that they're going to change the system by behaving by replicating the exact same behavior, but for a different yeah. belief. So it's like, well, you're doing the exact same thing. You just think that you're right. Yeah. And, that's, and that's not, you know, doing the exact same thing, no matter the ideology, is not going to work. Oppression is oppression. Violence is violence, no matter your ideology. Yeah. Whereas so. if you believe something, like you believe, all right, this is wrong, and I don't like it, and so today, for no fucking reason other than I like to give, I'm going to work to try to give to the people who need this help. To try for whatever, maybe it'll help, but maybe it won't. But I'm going to give my energy toward it, and then when I'm done, if I helped them or not, it don't fucking matter. I just I did what I did, I gave freely, and I walked away. That changes the world. Yeah, I mean that's what all the spiritual texts talk about. You yeah. have you you have to be you have to act with complete detachment. To the complete detachment because the moment you attach to the outcome, now you're focusing on what's not happening. Yep. You, and the only way to focus on making a change is to believe it's real and not focus. As soon as you attach to it, now the outcome is where you're putting your energy. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? That the, the outcome, I'm attached. I want this outcome. Well, now your energy isn't going to something positive. It's going to the lack of something positive. And that's the problem. I have a lot of sympathy, though, or maybe I shouldn't say, I, I hate sympathy, empathy. Because I think people are so heartbroken. Like, I mean, what's happening, like we were just talking about what's happening at the border, it's so heartbreaking. It's so painful to sure see it, it. And we have not been, you know, we don't, we're not a society that's, that has been structured around helping people deal with heartache. And so, or like helping people process pain and heartache and then have a thoughtful spiritual response to it. We just don't, you know, we're not, we're not structured in that way. And so I think that a lot of people don't know what to do except to get angry and, and. That's what we've been taught. And they don't, yeah, they don't have it. They don't know what else to do. 
And there's a lot of people who have a much more spiritual perspective who, as I said, kind of absolve themselves of action and are not, may see clearly what's happening, but aren't putting themselves in a position to, to help. And I'm, again, maybe people don't want to hear what they have to say. And there are a lot of spiritual teachers out there who are saying these things. But I think that there's, there's like a whole culture of spirituality, quote unquote, that is very removed from actual real pain and suffering. Sure. Whereas, you know, acknowledging genuine pain and suffering is not the same as being attached to it. And I think that people who want to practice detachment sometimes are actually practicing ignoring, you know, because they don't know the difference between non-attachment and still genuine compassion. Because you, you, you can't not care about what's happening. And I don't think it's a thing you can learn intellectually. Well, the no. difference to understand, like, is I'm I don't really I have never viewed myself as a very compassionate person. I would agree. <laughs> right, all right, right. I mean, I'm all, I not, know it's not your strongest. It's suit. not my strongest. You suit, have right? a lot of qualities, but no. great qualities. Compassion's not the strongest one. No, I'm. I, I would say over the years, lately, I'm, I'm starting to understand compassion. Yeah. But I've never been a very compassionate person. I'm like, fuck you. You don't. You fuck your hand. Like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. You know, and I I know that about myself. Yeah. But now that, especially in the last couple of years, I've tried in a detached way to detach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm really starting to understand it not on an intellectual level, but what it feels like. And the, and the only reason I'm, I didn't, I'm not understanding detachment by trying to be detached. I'm understanding it. I, I've had the opportunity since I've been joining the Lakota way of life a lot is probably what did a lot of it for me. I get a lot of opportunity to give without any care of what it means to give. Like, you know, just to freely give of myself to the people with no expectation. And I found now just through the experience, I wouldn't have never got here intellectually, but I found through the experience that giving like that you can learn detachment mm -hmm. and not only can you learn detachment you the, the reward of of uh, giving is so healing and it's taught me something I never thought I would ever learn which and lately which very 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 lately for me is compassion because now I, I I never could understand people's choices why they make stupid choices and they end up in these situations. So I had no compassion for them because I really don't have a lot of compassion for myself. And that's where it all stemmed from. I'm mm -hmm. not a compassionate person toward myself, so obviously I have no compassion for other people. But now I watch people and I realize they have no understanding of how the world works, of how energetically the world is. Like the, the things you believe in your mind affect the physical reality, man, and people just don't know this. Yeah. So it's created me in me lately. I now I have compassion for those people, not, not because of, oh you poor thing, you're suffering, blah blah blah. But I think, oh man, if you could just just embrace a different way of looking at the world, you could get yourself out of this situation. And so I, I feel I feel sad that people, because I know there's nothing I can do to awaken these people. There's not a thing I can do to say, hey, listen. Give of yourself freely and unattached to something. It doesn't matter what it is. Pick a fucking cause. Like I do the Lakota thing. You know, do your thing. Whatever it is. 
and and just doing it without expecting to learn anything, without expecting to gain anything, and you will see, and you will change. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it's I've unbeknownst to me something I never thought I'd get out of it. I'm learning to have some compassion for people. You know, in my own way now that I, I realize, you know, these people have no fucking clue of how their thoughts are affecting the world. You know, they, they sit there and they dwell on this fucking shit they don't have. They think their world's so bad. They live in the future. They live in the past. They're never living in the present. Not one fucking second of their day do they go, wow, I am right here, right now. Well, how do you change the future? The future can only be changed in the present. How is the past re- remembered? The remember- past can only re- be remembered in the present. Yeah. So if you don't, you have to spend some moments in the present. Yeah. If you want these things in your life, don't be dwelling on what you don't have. Or don't be dwelling on all these problems you want to fix, but you don't know how to do it. All you can do is fix yourself, live in the present, give your energy freely. Don't take... Don't go around taking energy from, you know, people like, they like to be controlling and they like to be... Energy vampires? Yeah, vampire, and, and, and it doesn't get you anywhere. And it's unnecessary. If you give constantly until you're just, you think you can't give anymore, all of a sudden the world acknowledges you. There's something, something out there acknowledges you. I'm not sure what it is. And you fill up with the energy and you have more to give. Well, I think, you so, know... So it's not something you can understand intellectually. No. You have to actually do it yeah. to understand it. Yeah, and I think we're in an interesting time in history where a lot of a lot of generalized spiritual ideas, things that used to be only available to people who would sit with a teacher or who was were written in holy books are now readily available in, like, bite-sized pieces. Like, And so people have access to a lot of... Like, people know... Like, be present. That's the thing people know. Yeah, but they don't know what it means. But the, yeah, exactly. So what I was going to say is, I, I've said this, people who used to come to my classes would hear me say this a lot. I hate it when people say, if you want to love somebody, you got to love yourself first. Not because I disagree with that. That's 100% true. Uh, but because it's a, it's a way of telling somebody, okay, your problem is you don't love yourself, so learn to love yourself, and then you can love others. Okay, How? Like, yeah. how do I learn yeah. to love myself? How, yeah. This is a major problem. Yeah, how yeah. do I you do this? Yeah. yeah, okay, thank you for telling me that, but yeah. how? And there's there's no how. So there's like, be present. Okay, well, how? How do I be present? And I mean, what you're saying is, is you know, you, you learn to be present by, by giving. By, by giving. By giving. I mean, something that, I can't remember how long ago it was, but, uh, oh, I know. So when the kids, when my kids got to the age where they were, you know, you know, past babies, like really, where you're really kind of teaching them how to be with each other. Like one of the rules we established in the house, that the, the, the two most important things is that you are kind and that you are generous. That is always the rule, be kind and be generous. And of course, like they're like two. And so like talking about what does it mean to be kind? And I don't mean nice, because kind and nice are not the same thing. But when we talked about being generous, like I remember trying to figure out how to describe it to them and I looked up something and I came across this, maybe it was an article, I don't even remember now where it was, where it came from, but where, like, we think of generosity as, you know, giving because we can, but, and actually, generosity is giving even when we can't. Like, if you, if it's easy for you to give something, you're not being generous. No. 
maybe you're being, yeah, you're, maybe you're being nice or, or maybe you're doing it for your own ego. But if it's easy for you to give, you're not actually being generous. Generosity means giving something that's actually not easy to give. It's giving your neighbor bread when you don't have bread. It's, you know, it's giving something that you really have to do some deep work to be able to give it free, freely without any expectation. Yeah. That's generosity. And, you know, I remember really struggling to try to describe that to the kids because, you know, if you have two pieces of chocolate and you give your sister one, that's not generosity. That's just fair. <laughs> it's also nice. It, yeah, I guess it's your chocolate. You don't have to do it. Yeah. But giving her one doesn't really cost you anything because you still get chocolate. Giving your sister all your chocolate, that's generous because I know how hard that is for you. You know, like I had to really break it down. And so I think like be present Practice gratitude. Like, people don't... Or be of service. People just don't know what that means. They have no idea. They just know... And, and I didn't either most of And so life. I think, like, it's... But it's very easy to kind of believe that you're doing it when you're just repeating it, but not... Because if you've never had the felt experience of doing it, you know, if someone doesn't tell you, 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 can, be, you can be in the moment when you are giving freely. Or, you know, a lot of people say gratitude brings you into the present moment. But I think... Gratitude and giving are completely connected because when you feel grateful for what you have, you automatically give. You know, when you when you can really rest in gratitude, oh yeah, you are you, you are naturally giving. Or you know, so yeah, love yourself. Well, how do you do that? And like, well, just you need to be nicer to yourself. Okay, how? You know, because none of us are like this by accident. No, I mean, I think I'm. You know. Going back to me saying I would agree you're not terribly compassionate, but like coming from our family, how would any of us have turned out naturally compassionate? I mean, maybe we came out of the womb. I think we probably did naturally compassionate, but certainly like there was nothing in our house that was going to help us grow that muscle. Yeah. You know, I mean, our parents aren't even remotely compassionate. No, and we weren't taught to be having compassion and having um, to, you know, to give without expecting anything. There, you have to understand receiving also yeah. to do this. And yeah. Christians in general are taught that receiving is bad. And Jehovah's Witnesses are no better. Well, I was going to say, witnesses are not Christians. No, but I'm one. just saying, we, especially <laughs> in, in our household, the way I remember yeah. being raised, mom always said it's better to give than receive. Things don't grow on trees. This and that. The universe does You have to, everything is hard. So you're constantly berating yourself and you're, you're expected to give, you know, give, oh, you got to be kind, you got to be this, treat, you know, be doing to others as you'd have them do to you, you know, love God, you're all solid, so it's all this giving stuff is taught. But if you don't understand the receiving end, you're never going to understand the giving end. No, yeah, I agree. Because you have to be open. To be, like, 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 and, and I, the way I finally learned it is, you know, once I really started understanding when I give myself and I just love it, I'm like, wow, I'm in, I'm in the moment and, and, and I feel what it means. Then I start thinking about myself. What a fucking selfish bastard I am. Well, yeah, I mean that's because I won't let anybody. I won't receive things in the in the. I like I give things to people openly and and without thinking about it, and I love it, and it, I get all this benefit from it. And I'm a selfish bastard because I won't receive anything. So I'm stealing this same opportunity that I love. I steal it from other people. Mm -hmm. I don't. I won't let them do it. I won't let the universe do it. I won't let God do it. I won't let anybody give me anything because I'm an asshole. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I mean, and I never understood that. Yeah. To me, to me, that was big. 
Is this your big realization? No. Oh, what's your big realization? We've talked about it some. My big realization was the other day I was thinking, I was thinking, yeah, it was, it was about my giving thing last week for like a month now ever since this last Sundance because this is my fourth one now and I've noticed now that I seem to get more out of these things than, than everybody around me mm. you know there's something like it almost feels like everything the universe is answering to me <laughs> you know and I and I and and and, and, I, and I, th I think it has something to do with the way I give when I'm there I mean because I when I'm there it's not my, not my Sundance, not my show. I'm just part of it. And I give to whatever I think the medicine man needs. I try to be help him in any way. And he, and he leans on me, which most medicine men do. As soon as they meet me, they start leaning on me because I'm, <laughs> admit it, I'm a pretty talented guy. <laughs> I can get a lot of shit done for him. So for whatever, you know. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I, I mean, it used to be egotistical, the reasons I said that. But now I say it just because I'm open to reception. And if I can't believe in myself, and go, yes, I, I am this person, and yes, I'm qualified to be this person, then I'm not open to reception. So I realize I have to accept these, you know, these talents I have and these things I have to give to the universe. I have to accept that, yes, I am qualified to do it, and yes, these are things, these are things I have to give, right? Yep. So I was wondering, though, I'm like thinking, now why? I get so much out of this, and people come here, and they've been coming here for way longer than I have, and they're... Oh, I'm just looking for a healing. I'm just looking for a healing. And, you know, and then they don't seem to participate. They don't, I mean, I'm watching like, if you want a healing, participate. <laughs> You'll give 100%. And I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. And I'm thinking, why, you know, why do I get so, like, I feel so rejuvenated and so healed about these things. And I'm just like, you know, what is it? is the key and then I, I think the other day I was thinking about it and it's got to be the way I give because mm -hmm. I don't see I did I do anything different than anybody else except for maybe that yeah you know because I've had lots of people who are good people there who go, who do have a pretty good understanding and they all come up to me and they say you know Clay you're like fucking 10 people when you're here you know I mean they they're like you know don't don't ever stop coming here man because you know the people who really appreciate what I yeah. You know, which I don't care if people, that's not the way I do it. But, you know, yeah. you can tell the people really appreciate it. Because, you know, and the grandmothers in the tribe, they come up to me and they all know my name and they give me a hug. And, oh, Clay, it's so great you're here. You're such a, you know, you really help this dance. You know, stuff like that. So I'm thinking the key to this, what everybody's looking for is in the giving. You know, if you give freely without expectation and, and, totally without the mind getting involved you know you're just mm -hmm. acting on intuition and just giving and even if you're tired you get up you're here to participate and even if you're this you give even if you know whatever even if you have an argument with this person you know, just just let it go you're here to give you're here to be part of a, a situation where the more you give the more you get yeah. you know and i think that's the key i think that the earth I think that the big problem with humanity is they don't, they're always in their head, they're always living in their mind in this, in this intellectual world mm -hmm. where they're expecting things and they only give for what they can get and they, they, the, 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 the survival mind is always protecting the ego. So that you, you don't even know, 
you like you say, love yourself, like you said, all these fucking spiritual things you're supposed to be doing, but you don't understand what it means. So so you never get that 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 end game you're looking for. You know, you never achieve that level of energy because to do it and you can't just give once and it go, Oh, it didn't happen. Yeah, I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah, you know, I mean, because I've been doing this for years now. You know, I've been doing the Lakota ways for 10 years. I've been going to these dances. And there's other things in my life that I do that I give 100% to. And I, I think that's what it's about. It's totally getting the mind out of there. I mean, what does it mean to... A lot of people, a lot of spiritual practices say, you know, practice in their silence. You know, just quiet the mind. Don't let it interfere. But what, you know, what does even that mean? But when you give to, to everything you have and don't worry about the cost, the consequence, or whatever, you're just doing whatever it takes for the people. It, I, I think that's where the magic is. I think that's it's something that's what's missing in the world. And it's not because and because just people don't understand it. They don't understand what it means. No religion teaches it. Well, no, I don't think that's true. I think they teach intellectually, but it's something I've been I've been reading about it since I was 18 years old. I'm 50 now. So I mean, it's not something you get by just studying a book or well, studying no. a religion or studying uh, the Buddhism or studying this. It's something you actually have to experience. Yeah. I think part uh, a huge challenge to that is that we humans forget that we are part of nature that we are that nature is not separate from us cuz nature shows us the way like nature is is nothing but giving i mean i was thinking about this this last the last two nights that i was in italy with the kids like it had it rained really hard the the next to last day before we were there and there was a mudslide down that little you know that creek that you saw and the air smelled like freshly churned dirt after the mudslide and then it settled and then that night like the smell of all this wet lavender was just like blowing through the air and I just remember thinking thank you like why is nature doing this meaning like why does lavender smell so damn good and and why everywhere I look here is it absolute beauty like abundant crazy beauty it's so green and this plant is so beautiful and it just doesn't need to be that beautiful to perform its function and lavender doesn't need to smell that good to perform its function like none of it has to be as beautiful as it is it exists because it's like it's just giving to itself to us it's giving nature is just giving to itself over and over and over again yeah. just for the sake of giving because it's because it's pleasant because it because it's beautiful, because it fills us with wonder and joy. And, and we forget that like we have that capacity as well, because we are also, like we are nothing, we're not, any, we're not separate from a flower or a lavender plant or a bee, or we're not separate from any of that. We have yeah. the exact same capacity that, that well, those beings have. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have the exact same capacity to just participate in beauty for the sake of beauty, just to to give whatever we have to give to make. Yeah, the only difference is we have an intellect. Well, yeah, that exactly. Gets in the way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the ego. So. The prophet says it's so good too. It's like I've been listening to the freaking prophet, you know, Cahil Gibran mm -hmm. and the prophet all my life, and he says in there that it's the pleasure of the flower to yield 
its pollen and for the bee mm -hmm. to make its honey. Yeah. And for the flower, the bee is a bringer of life. Mm -hmm. So for the flower and the bee, the giving and the receiving is an act of love and an act of joy. And and it's not only necessary, it, it's pleasurable. Mm -hmm. It's what they're all about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that you know, and t you know, you hear this. Like I've been hearing, like I've been listening. I have listened to the tape. I have a tape of the prophet. And I have probably listened to it two hundred fucking times. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so it's not stuff I haven't surrounded myself with my whole life. But to, to 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 really understand what that means, at least for me, I'm not saying for everybody, but for me, it take it took me. And I'm not I'm not saying I totally understand either. I'm telling you, I'm sure I have a lot more work to do with myself. But it took a physical experience. Of it. Yeah. You know, before I really understand what what this means, you know. I think this level of detachment. Yeah. It's interesting too though, because there there are people like so yeah, maybe it's been you've been on a spiritual quest your whole life and now you're feeling like you're getting something really essential of the spiritual life, right? But I also think there's some value in, in being an antenna. Like you have been an antenna your whole life, even if you've been like a bent antenna or pointing in the wrong direction or you know there's you've been unable to catch the signal for whatever reason but like you're also a person I mean I think it does have to do with having a, a particular natural inclination towards it do you know what I mean probably because you you have as long as I've known you and I've only known you 38 years I was gonna say 37 but it's 38 now uh like you've always had a a drive towards there's certainly towards the spirit but I think more like hmm, you just have a yearning for for the holy or God or divine or whatever you want to call it I do have a yearning to understand do you, do you think your yearning is to understand or do you think your be. yearning is for God or whatever you want my, to call it? My yearning, for, the reason it, I held, I was held back for so long because my yearning was to understand. I thought I could intellectually understand yeah. it and I can't. Yeah. I finally have accepted the fact that the only time I grow is when I participate. Yeah. When I, when I play it 100%. Yeah. I have to be 100% devoted to what I want mm -hmm. and I have to be willing to, put, to, to be a warrior to get it. Yeah, it's a you know, and the battle is against me, nothing else. Yeah, you know, against my own lethargy, and 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 to and and against my um, my brain. I mean, you know, not my brain, but my uh, my my huge intellect. <laughs> <laughs> my brilliance, my own my, brilliance. Yeah, my brilliance has been my biggest problem. You know, because yeah. I mean, I I can can you know I can reason shit out like the, with the best of them, man. I got I've read so many books and. Have so many insights, but you know, all of it has done nothing for me. I mean, there's value in it. Don't get me wrong. If you never open your mind to these things, how are you going to know to get on a certain path? So of course, there's value to it. But, yeah. But the 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 real change comes with the experience. Yeah. And that's something that's only started happening to me in the last, I don't know, maybe three or four years. Well, there you have it. Episode 5, A Conversation with My Big Brother Clay. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, please forgive any recording foibles, especially as in uh, this case, I wasn't even intentionally 
recording for podcast use. Um, not that I do a great job with the audio when I am, let's be honest. Um, new episodes coming your way soon, er, rather than later. Um, no more trips or no more long trips planned. So, um, don't forget to send an email or a voice memo if there's something you want to hear here on Grief Bacon. Thanks for listening. Bye.